and all the time. Mm. It's it's a blessed year, and and uh, as as every year starts, we we always uh, get several words that come from the various men of God, and 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 the general overseer, Pastor Deboye, has also given us a word to to give us hope in the new year and in the new season that we are in amen and 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 he's given us a number of of those those prophecies uh for this year and he has said it's going to be a year of complete restoration and pleasant surprises and and so we've put them in your bulletin just just for you to see the the the, the ones that he that he has spoken about very simple very simple he just said the word to capture it all is surprises and and he says there will be pleasant surprises but some of those surprises may not be so pleasant depending on which side of the lord you are so i urge you by the mercies of god and <laughs> in view of the wickedness of the devil find yourself on the good side of god you know the the devil is so wicked he will want you to want to give you those bad surprises but God is merciful if you can be found in the Lord oh the surprises will be pleasant it will be your enemies that will be surprised so and he's he so he said there'll be surprises for for you know a lot of the false prophets i thank god that you know i'm not a false prophet you know, I when I do not want to become like one of those prophets. You know, and those false prophets make a lot of money. <laughs> you know, money answereth all things. It is a good defense, but I will not gain it by false prophecy. You know, your number is zero six two three four five. God is going to come down and show Himself. You know, I pray that you line up with God and choose the truth. Amen. Choose the truth. And, and uh, you know, there will be, I suppose uh, if you're single, you'll be saying amen to this one. It says there'll be quite a large number of weddings. <laughs> I already thought AGP had a lot of weddings last year from from who Nyandula, Shingi and and Raymond and Ernest and Florence you know who else was was having a wedding huh Pelumi and there was somebody else there was another sister who was Shingai I mentioned Shingai there was another one and I know there was another there was an Irene yes Irene was also having so I thought you know we already had a lot of weddings I've just come from a wedding this morning some of you will remember Mip Mip, who used to come with Marike and sit over there, she just had a wedding today. Um, so, so she got married to Kolia, the, the guy she was coming with in the later end of last year. So they had their wedding this morning in Nijmegen. And I was already thinking, wow, uh, all these weddings, it's a lot of weddings to have to go to. And then the general overseer threw another one. There's going to be many more this year. So if you're not married, maybe key into that and say, God, let this be my year. <laughs> oh, God. And, and you know what? This is number four is key for me. It sinks deep into my heart. 
And number four says soul winners will see their prophecies fulfilled almost as soon as they are uttered. What touches me is not the prophecies being fulfilled. What touches me is the aspect of soul winning. I, I don't know, but it, it works my heart that there's got to be a drive to win souls. There's got to be a drive to see more people coming to the Lord. I, I don't know what you do, but if there's anything that you will purpose to do this year is to win somebody for Jesus, is to be a soul winner. So I'm, I'm preparing myself. Um, if the prophecies don't happen, it's okay, but let me win a soul. Because I know that if there's rejoicing in heaven, there shall be rejoicing also in my home. We need to win souls. Amen. And, and uh, then there are a number of other things that we need to stand in prayer for concerning our governments and concerning natural disasters and all kinds of happenings and uh, that, that might happen this year. I was even hearing, I mean, somebody talking about, you know, the, 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 the chance of earthquakes in places like New Zealand could be very high this year. Some of those things we know scientifically they are likely to happen. And, and you know, because of the movements, the scientists have been tracking and checking particular things. And when I hear the man of God say these kind of things, I, it prompts my heart to say we need to pray that God needs to intervene into our situations and 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 for us in 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 eu here it's very important that we pray against the increase and the insurgence of all the the fighting that's coming in via isis and isil and all the islamistic terrorists that are coming through and and some of the things we think we are prepared we are not prepared at all <laughs> you know we're going through lots of security uh, in the last few days and uh, and then somebody says, but you've scanned me and checked me with all these things. If I do say I have a bomb right now, what are you going to do? Standing there in the airport, if I do say I have a bomb, what are you going to do? I'm already right in the midst of all these people. And it struck me, you know, what struck me was the element of how surprised we could be that when we think we are safe, we may not be safe. And the Bible says, he who thinks he's standing, let him be aware, lest he fall. So we need to be prepared in prayer. Amen. That's what strikes me. We need to be prepared in prayer. For all the things we think we are doing to be secure, what we need is to be prepared in prayer. You know, and, 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 and let me just say this to somebody. Sometimes when you talk about the power of prayer, people who do not believe in God think that you are, you are crazy or, or, or that you don't know what you're talking about. But I know prayer works. I know prayer works. And, and I've seen that in every nation, in every place, when things get tough, even those that don't believe in God start to pray. You saw it in France. France is known to be a very atheistic country. But when they were started to get bombed, left, right, and center, even the president stands to say we should pray. They are turning to the church to say, church, please pray. <laughs> so so it's, not, it's not for nothing. And even sometimes they don't only go to the church. They even go to other places where they s no prayers are offered. And they start to look for God in a moment of distress. 
and and then afterwards you know has it ever has it not shocked you that even the gay people want to be prayed for because there's something in the inside of our soul that seeks after God so i know prayer works and so for us as a church and for us as children of God let's be a people that will also pray amen so when we hear of these things, you now the Bible has predicted some of them, you will hear of natural disasters. There will be an increase of them. And so the prophetic words, I mean, almost every, every man of God of a repute that I've listened to talking about what might happen in 2017 talks about the chance of the increase of these natural disasters. But as a church, we need to stand in prayer. Amen. So let's be a people of prayer. But, but whatever happens, I want you to key in and know that it is your year of complete restoration and pleasant surprises. May the Lord surprise you pleasantly. You know, it's good to be surprised pleasantly. Like I was surprised to see my sister here. God bless you that you're back. God bless you that you're here. It's good. You know, we said goodbye to you earlier on in the year. and It's good to see you back you know, and to come back with the testimony that you have come back with. Praise God. May the Lord give you a pleasant surprise. Amen. <laughs> Including a husband if you don't have one. I thought I would hear a sister say amen. Nah, they don't want to. Maybe a wife. Uh, the brothers are also afraid to say amen. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be surprised. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's get into the word of God. I, I'm just going to give you five, five messages. Five messages for the year. Linking in to what the general overseer has spoken about. Um, and, and, and you will, can open with me. Can you put my slide up? All right, okay, I love that as well. But put my slide up. I just, 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 just want you to look at that. As AGP, under the theme that the general overseer has given us, I'm just going to take two words. I've, I've coined it up with two words that we're going to walk by. Restoration and flourishing. Restoration and flourishing. And the scripture by which we're going to base this is Joel chapter 2. Verse 25 and 26. This is the Amplified. And I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust has eaten, the hoping locust, the stripping locust, the crawling locust, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Complete restoration is captured in the fact that God says, I will restore or replace. The years, everybody say years. You need to read the Bible very clearly. It talks about years. There's going to be restoration of years. And the aspect of flourishing is in verse 26 where it says, And you shall eat in plenty. You cannot eat plenty unless you are flourishing. 
You cannot eat plenty unless you have more than enough. <laughs> you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. You will be satisfied this year in the name of Jesus. And praise the name of the Lord your God. God who has dealt wondrously with you. A wonder is something that makes you go, oh, like you are surprised. <laughs> Pleasant surprises shall make you praise God. God will deal wondrously with you. In other words, God will surprise you pleasantly. He will do things that will make you go, oh. So God can also do this. Oh, I didn't know that you could bless me this way. Oh, God, you are too much for me. Oh, Jesus, who has dealt wondrously with you. When they come and say, Mama, look at my report card, you will say, Oh, <laughs> I don't know who you are. But if you are prophetic, you shout, ah! <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> so it says, and my people shall never be put to shame. If you're on the Lord's side, you will not be put to shame. But if you're not on God's side, they will be shame. So stay on the who is on the Lord's side? I don't know which side you're going to be on. I'm going to be on the Lord's side. I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to stick with God. Because with God, my surprises will be pleasant. I'm going to go where God wants me to go. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to stay with God because if I stay with Jesus, my surprises will be pleasant. And we will be restored and we will flourish. Hallelujah. It's going to be a year for us to flourish. I need to give you these five messages. Five messages and, 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 and with these five messages, I want you to understand. So number one is already the aspect of restoration. The first part is restoration. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 says, And I will restore to you the years. I'll restore to you thy years. So it's not just about one year. It's not just about one season. It's multiple seasons that will be restored by God. 2017 is a year where there's going to be restoration. Restoration, there's going to be a replacement. You see, when you talk about restoration, you are saying there's something that was broken, something that was no longer in its rightful place, something that was, that was not there anymore, something that, that needs to be repaired. And God is saying, I will restore it. I will bring it back. You see, I, I will make it again and cause it to stand. I will do things for you to make sure that you will stand again. I will restore the years. And you see, when he was speaking to them, he says, I'll restore to you the years that have been eaten up by the locusts. 
and you see there were four different types of locusts. I don't have time to go into the different types, but you know what? These locusts were eating stuff to until it was gone. You see, they started off with the leaves and they went into the core. And by the time you thought maybe I might still be able to harvest something, when you broke it open, the inside was empty. You know, there are some people that are going on. They look good on the outside, but inside they are empty. God is saying, I will restore the years. The years of abuse and the years of ridicule, the years where you've been left behind, I will restore, says God. The years that you have had pain in your home and you come to church and you're wondering, God, where are you? He says, I will restore to you the years. The years that you've lost in, in medical bills and the years that you've lost in all the doctors you've gone to see, God is saying, I will restore to you the years that have been eaten. It's like that woman on when she came to Jesus says, if only I could touch the hem of his garment. If only I could touch. The Bible says for 12 years she had been going through this pain of, 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 of continuous flow of blood. She was losing blood every day and it was embarrassing. It was a shame. But not only that, she had lost a lot of money going from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. And the Bible says the more she went to doctors, the more she lost. And now she had lost almost everything but God in the moment where he visits the city and Jesus comes across her way and she says if only I can touch the hem of his garment she touches that hem of Jesus's garment and the Bible says immediately immediately she was restored immediately she was restored the flow of blood stopped the sickness was was stopped she was restored 12 years was restored in a moment. This is going to be your moment where God will restore something that has been broken, something that has been lost. Whatever it is, God says, I will restore. And remember, it is God who deals wondrously with you. He is the one who will restore. And so you need to come to Jesus. Stay with Jesus and he will restore. What is it that you that you have that has been broken, that has been eaten up. Sometimes our characters have been eaten up. Our heart has been eaten up. Our patience has been eaten up. God says, I will restore. I will restore. Our hope has been taken away. God says, I will restore. I will restore. He will restore to you the lost years. And I said to you, it's years. It's not just one yeah, it is years. Nudge your neighbor and say, God will restore to you your years. He'll restore your seasons. The things that have gone away, God is going to restore for you. Hallelujah. Number two, number two, he says it is a year for recovery. It's a year for you to recover. There's a difference between restoration and recovery. <laughs> restoration talks about it being replaced or repaired. Recovery says it was gone and you'll get it back as it, as it had gone. <laughs> it was good when you had it and then it was taken away or you lost it and you will get it back as it is. And, and, and to understand what, what, is, what God is talking about here, is you need to go to 2 Samuel. To 1 Samuel, sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, David goes to war 
with his army and he fights the Philistines. And while he's fighting the war against the Philistines, the Amalekites come and raid his, his town. The town where he had left his family and the families of his men and the families of his, of his, of his soldiers. And so they, the Amalekites come and raid the place and clear Ziklag. There's a little town called Ziklag. And they clear everything. And they go away with his wives, his children, his properties, his everything that was precious to David is taken away. And not only that, it's also the stuff of his men are taken away. And so when they come to, to, to David, when they come back with David, the men begin to cry to say, oh, we've lost our stuff. We've lost our stuff. And the, and the Bible says in verse 8, And David inquired at the Lord. David he had to inquire of the Lord. Before he inquires at the Lord, the men of David began to point fingers at David to say, David, if it was not for you, we would have had all our stuff here. You made us go to war. And now look, we've lost our stuff. I don't know who you are. You've been blaming somebody for the things that you have lost. You've been, or being, you're maybe being blamed. For the things that have been lost. David was in that place and David inquires of the Lord. The Bible says David inquired of the Lord and said, God, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, God answered him and said, pursue for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail you will recover all. Everybody say recover all. You will pursue, you will overtake and you will recover all. It is your year to recover. When you talk about complete restoration, it also comes in with recovery of things that are lost. I don't know what you've lost, but God is going to cause you to recover. Hallelujah. I don't know what has been taken away from you, but God is going to cause you to recover it in the name of Jesus. Whatever we have lost, we're taking it back in Jesus' name. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but it is the violent that take it by force. It is those that are determined determined that have the heart and the desire and the guts to pursue to overtake their enemies that are going to come back with that which was taken away from them you see somebody will need to stand up this year and say God I need to recover all Jesus I need to recover all your time that you have lost I need to recover it all you can redeem the time you can redeem that which has been lost the marriage that you have lost you can redeem it the children that have gone away you can redeem them you can recover all in the name of Jesus. You can recover all. You can recover all. David inquires, says, God, should I pursue? And God says, yes, pursue them. You will overtake and you will recover all. You will come back with everything that has been taken away from you. And so when you jump to verse 18 to 19, the Bible says, so David pursued. God gave him the directions on how to pursue, how to follow after them, how to overtake them. And in verse 18, the Bible says, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. David David rescued his two wives. Men don't have two wives. Please just have one. And they were, yes, thank you. And there was nothing lacking to them. And ladies, do not agree to become a second wife. And, and there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great. He recovered everything. You will recover even the small things, even that pen that was lost. I don't know. I know the pen is so dear to you. It may appear like it is small, but you will recover it in the name of Jesus. You will recover it. 
and, 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 and so the Bible says, David recovered all. And I, 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 I hear God speak to us saying we are positioned to recover all. If we can trust God, you know, the pleasant surprises will give you recovery. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by God himself. You will recover all. You will recover all. It's going to be a year of a turnaround. You know, he turns things around that you can recover all. The enemy thought they had done David, but David comes after the enemy, recovers back everything. They thought they'd overcome him, stolen everything while he was away. But David goes and comes back with everything that had been taken away. And not only that, you see, God, God made sure that even the very small things, Things that could have been easily overlooked. Uh, God caused David to recover it also. You will recover all things in the name of Jesus. Everybody say recover. Number three. Number three, it's about flourishing. It's the aspect of flourishing. On another day, I will talk to you about several things. I say several things. I don't know how many, but there are several areas where we must flourish. There are several areas where we must flourish, and I will talk about those areas in more detail later. But God is speaking about that we must flourish. And to flourish means you will have more than enough. You'll have more than for yourself. You'll be able to do something good for another because you have enough yourself. You see, the reason we are selfish is because we don't have enough. We don't see that we have enough. And God is going to begin to open your eyes that that one loaf of bread can feed four people. Uh, I know some of you like to eat the loaf, a whole loaf by yourself, but you can feed that whole four people with that loaf of bread and all of you can be satisfied and be glad. It's about flourishing. You see, it is flourishing that causes you to give. It is flourishing that causes you to be able to reach out and share with somebody. And it's only when you know that you are flourishing, that you are a tree planted by the rivers of water, that you will flourish. Ah, it is your year to flourish. There will also be increase in flourishing. Psalm 92. Psalm 92 and verse 12. The Bible says, and the righteous shall flourish. That's why I told you you need to be on the side of the Lord. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. The palm tree flourishes even in the place of a desert. It flourishes even when it's very hot. It flourishes even when there's not as much water as you would have loved. The palm tree is able to flourish. And when it produces, it produces abundantly. And I see somebody here, you're going to be able to produce abundantly. If you're an abundant producer, say amen. And some things you say them by faith. Even before you start producing, you say amen because you know your God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think or even imagine. So somebody who's an abundant producer in the house, say I'm an abundant producer. And notice you are not just producing for yourself. You are not just doing it for yourself. This, these are the things that I'm going to talk about when I talk about flourishing later on in the year. So don't miss service. It might be any other service. But when we talk about flourishing, it's not just about you. 
It's not that so that you can say, oh, look, I have three bicycles. One is electric, one has a number plate, one has no number plate. One is a racer, one is for the ordinary day. No, it's not about you. Can You are able to say, I've got three sets of snow tires in my garage. No, it's not about that. I've got a house with six bedrooms. No, it's not about that. It's about what are you going to do to bless the people around you and the community around you. That's what flourishing people do. Ah, I've lost some of you. It's about I have more than enough and I can share. Or even when I don't seem to have more than enough, I can share that which I have because I know in the blessing of us other people, I too shall be. There is nobody who blesses somebody who will go hungry. God says, you know, when you lend to the poor, you lend to who? And so we need to be a people that will flourish. And the flourishing people are pleasant to be around. You know, it's not nice to be around poor people. <laughs> but when you're around people that are flourishing, <laughs> even when they don't have much, people that are flourishing. I've seen people where, I've, you know, I've been in places where you look at these people and you say, how do these people live? But in the midst of there, you find somebody who's flourishing, who will cook a small meal for you and will share it with you. And you go to the next house and you see somebody who's not flourishing, who will hide their food and say, I've only got enough for me for one meal. And will be asking you, what did you bring for us to eat? And you know, you know, it's not pleasant. But the other one, that because they share, you will even give them even more than they have shared with you. And the difference is about flourishing. It's about producing. It is your year to produce. The Bible says they shall be like a cedar of Lebanon. The cedar of Lebanon has depth in its root. Its root go down to find the water. And when they found the water, it brings the water up. And the water comes up. As it comes up, it makes the tree to grow. And it makes the tree to have leaves and branches where birds begin to put nests inside and the way and the stranger who's going by finds a place for shade that's the power of the tree of lebanon the fact that it can find water where there seems to be no water it's about flourishing where you seem to see like there is no hope those that are flourishing will start to give hope hallelujah where it seems like there is no chance, those that are flourishing will be telling you there is a chance. There is a way. Why? Because we serve a God who makes a way where there is no way. He makes streams to flow in the desert. He makes a way in the desert. He causes streams to flow in the dry place. He turns the, he turns the rocky and dry place into pools of water. Why? Because we are here with God. He will cause dew to drop where you don't expect to have dew. And that dew will be enough to water the places. People who are flourishing. So it is your year to flourish. Get ready to flourish. Tell your neighbor I will flourish this year. Verse 13 says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Whose side are you on? Number four. 
He will turn your mourning into dancing. He will turn your crying into rejoicing. He will turn your sorrow into joy. He will turn your tears. He will turn your tears of, of sorrow into tears of joy. You know, there's a joy that God gives you and you start crying. Everyone say, but why are you crying now? Have you ever seen them on a wedding? Why are you crying? It's your wedding day. Yes. <laughs> God. Because it's like an ah moment. God has done it again. You see, when you thought you were stuck and God opens the door, when you thought there was no way through and God shows you the way through, you will have suddenly where you were crying and battling and struggling and, and God makes a way where there's no way you to be like, oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. You know, where you were down on your knees, you will have no choice but to stand up and begin to dance. Oh, you will dance. I will dance like David dance. You know, you will go into a dance. I don't know what kind of dance you're going to do. Maybe you'll do one of those complicated ones with all kinds of steps. One, two, three steps. One, two, twist. I don't know what dance you will do. But there's going to be dancing in place of mourning. There's going to be dancing in the place of your sorrow. If only you can trust in the Lord. If only you can go with God. He's going to turn your mourning into... Weeping may linger for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 30, verse 11. <laughs> let's, start it, let's start off verse 5. It says, for his anger endures but a moment. In his favor is life. There is favor. It's a year to favor you. It's a year for favor. There is, there is favor coming your way. And, and it says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Verse 11 says, you have turned for me. You have turned for me. I need you to understand what the Bible says. It says, you have turned for me. Who has turned it? It's God who turns your morning into dancing. What you will do is dance. What you will do is stop moaning. Somebody's going to stop mopping and moaning and wiping the tears because there's going to be dancing. You'll be even surprised to say, why was I crying all along when God was by my side? I don't know who you are, but somebody needs to know that you know, I mean, somebody needs to start practicing dancing for the day of your joy. Because it is God who's going to turn. David says, you have turned for me. You have turned for me. It's not by your power. It's not by your strength. It's by God who is going to turn it for you. Hallelujah. God is going to turn it for you. And he says, you have put off my sackcloth and you have girded me with gladness. Oh, there's going to be gladness for you. There's going to be gladness. Tell your neighbor I'm glad. You know. There are particular things that, that, have, that have been going on around me. 2016 was a year where I saw God. <laughs> I saw God in, in various ways. But in the midst of seeing God, there were still some things which seemed to appear stuck. And you're saying, but God, what about this one? The Jubilee year cannot pass without this one. 
And somewhere in November, God began to lay this in my heart. That there's going to be a turning of mourning into dancing. You've got to practice dancing because you will dance. You'll even dance more like David. You've got to practice your moves. I don't know what moves you're going to practice, but I'm preparing mine. Step, step, one, two, three. Step, step, one, two. I don't know what you're practicing, but you know what? You need to get yourself ready. You need to uh, tell your neighbor, get ready, get ready, get ready. You need to get yourself ready for a move for God. Because when God turns your morning into dancing, there will be no time for practice. <laughs> so I'm doing it now. It might still be painful, but I'm doing it now. It might not be so pleasant, but I'm doing it now. Because I know my day is going to come. And you know what? On the uh, This is something else. When it does happen, it won't matter whether you do it one, two, three, four, five. It will matter that you just dance. <laughs> I can see everything. If you are prophetic, you'd sing that with joy. <laughs> I can see everything. Verse 12 of Psalm 30 says, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee, and listen to this, and not be silent. And not be silent. When God does it, you will not be silent. Number five. Number five is... is, is Something I will touch on again next week. There are three things around number five that we will need to do, but I just share with you what it's about. Number five is about, have, about having a zeal and a passion for the things of God. It's about, having, about being consumed for the things of God. It's about giving everything for God, giving everything to Jesus. It's about give, being sold out. To Jesus about giving yourself to the to the gospel and giving yourself to to the work of God and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about everybody should end up as a full-time pastor if you do that it's okay but I'm talking about being sold out for the things of God whatever you do do it with all your might for God whether you go to work in a fabric or go to school in a classroom whatever you do do it all because of God whether you cook or eat, do it for God. Do it with a God consciousness. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, never be lacking in zeal. This year never lack zeal. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervency. Be alert on spiritual things. Be connected to God at all the time. Never lack desire. Let your desire be for the Lord. Never, never lose the passion for the things of God. Get rid of excuses when it comes to God's work. You can use the excuses at work and everywhere else, but when it comes to God, get rid of excuses. It is a year to change our mentality and begin to give it all to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Can you give it to God? Can you be there as God is there for you? Can you be committed with God? Can you make a commitment and stick to it? I, I believe God is calling us to be passionate for him. He's calling us to be, to be fully in with him. Paul says, you know, I count everything else but loss and dung. It's useless for the sake of the gospel. I have good credentials, says Paul. But you know what? This one thing I do, I press on towards the goal. I press on to know God. I press on to be like God. I press on to do the things of God. I press on to experience the power of God. I press on. This one thing I do, can that be also your, your place? Say this one thing I do. This one thing I do. I press on towards the goal. I'm passionate. I'm zealous for God. Can you come to a place where, where people will know you for being a Christian? Where people will know you for being a lover of Jesus? Where people will know you for who you are. Washed in the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit filled. Tongue talking. Demon casting. Praying long hours. Can you be known for bringing them to church? Inviting them to church. May it be said of you that I, if you meet that brother, he's going to invite you to church. May it be said of you that if you get into the sister's house, they are going to make you pray. Committed to God. You are sick, let me pray for you. Even when they don't believe, I'll pray for you. Why? Because it's about wanting Jesus to be known. It's cold and freezing, but we'll go to church anyway. It's tough, but we'll be there. We need material for evangelism. I will, I'm the one to bring it for you. Why? Because I'm committed to God. I'm committed to the things of God. I will come and bring you to church. I'm committed to God. I know there's, there's, there's a passion that must rise within us. There's a fire that must rise within us. There's a desire that must rise within us. Like Jesus was consumed with the house of the Lord. He says, the house of the Lord has consumed me. The zeal for the house of God. You see, Jesus comes in and finds the people they were trading in the, in the temple, in the house of God. Selling this and selling that one. You know, selling shoes and cows and birds and so there was no place for people to worship and Jesus comes in and you know he doesn't think about the, com the implications around he just says this is my father's house makes a whip and begins to drive the money changers out get out this is a place of worship take your birds opens the birds releases them out the pigeons and the cows and the goats everything let it go out and all of you people doing this go out because this place must be used for holy worship and it says the zeal of the house of the lord has consumed me the passion the passion can you find the passion for the things of god can you be consumed 
by God this year. I believe God is calling a people that will seek him. Says, seek ye my face. And the people say, O Lord, thy face will I seek. Because it's going to be you as an individual. We will do stuff as a church. But there's a part where you need to do as an individual. In this year, if we must flourish, if we must flourish, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual favor serving the Lord. Serve God. I will talk to you about three things in another day. Those three things are sacrifice, service, and commitment linked to the passion that we must have for God. But today I want to stop here. And, and I just want to do something that was laid on my heart before, before when we're planning to say, how do we start off the new year? And I, and I believe God. I believe God there is an empowerment that, that you must get. The Holy Spirit must fill us and empower us in a special way. And so I've got the anointing oil today just as a symbol of the Holy Spirit's power coming upon us. And whosoever will, whosoever desires to be anointed and empowered, you can come forward and I will anoint you. But ultimately, it's about how you connect with God and the Spirit of God. How you will connect with the Holy Spirit. The anointing is just a sign, is just a helper of our faith. But it's about how you will say, God, empower me for your restoration. Empower me for recovery. Empower me, O oh God, for my turnaround. Empower me, O oh God, for the things that I must get hold of. Empower me, Lord, to flourish. Empower me, O oh God, that the yoke of bondage may be broken. The yoke that causes me to moan, let it be broken that they may be dancing. God says the yoke of bondage shall be broken by reason of the anointing. God, turn it for me by reason of your anointing. And so whoever desires, you can come. Praise and worship, can you come and, 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 and lead us in some, 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 some worship song? In church, I want you to begin to pray.